0: insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to week 19 of 2022. Uh, Pam is going to let us know all about the week starting Monday, May the 9th and I will join us after Sunday the 15th for our meditation. Pam, what's going on in our very crazy world this week?
0: Yes, our very crazy world, as above, so below. So what's going on in the sky that is indicating what's happening in this world? Well, as I said last week, Um, And the week prior, when I was talking about that eclipse, the new moon eclipse that happened on April 30th, and Pluto went, Pluto went retrograde. The thing about this eclipse season is that we're in a time when things are revealed, and the actions that we take based on those revelations are basically what propels or moves what happens energetically and the piece about this eclipse season and when i was talking about that new moon in taurus which we're still in the waxing moon cycle and we are leading up to um the second eclipse that happens the end of this week so that's why i'm kind of broaching this, is that where we're at is thinking in terms of what is it that I want to take creative action about and move forward with. And because the nodal axis this year are in Taurus and Scorpio, fixed sign energy, and where they're landing may be affecting some of us personally, Um, But eclipses fall somewhere in everyone's horoscope. The question is, how personally are you feeling it? Um, Or is it something that's happening on the outside world, as Susie pointed out? There are so many tumults and changes and things happening now. And one way to see if this eclipse season that happens over the course of 2022 is very personal to you is to reflect back on the last time it happened, which was 2004. And the piece about where we're energetically moving through the course of this week and beyond is In ways that really have to do with what is it that you feel very committed to focused on warrior-like to take action about that is propelled by the octave of love and well-being and a sense of what creates harmony on the planet and in your own life and for You know, for many of us, this is a very cacophonous, disharmonic time. It's We can feel as though we don't know where things are landing, what things are going, how life is going to turn out. And we may not feel as though we have a lot of control over outcomes of things. However it's really important to not get sucked into the mania that is so prevalent at this point in time, that high reactivity energy that I've been talking about as we've gone through the weeks. And I, believe me, I, this is personal for me. I get it. It's not an easy time to be living through, especially if you're someone who may be feeling the upset of sudden events, um, things not working the way that that you thought, um, the outcome of events that seem to be pushing or thrusting you into a totally new situation. But here's the thing. This eclipse cycle is very dominated by Pluto energy. And because of that, it's really important to get crystal clear of what is the overall motivation? What is your overall arc? of how you want to not just survive on the planet but thrive on the planet what is it you can do or aim for that gives you a better quality of life and it's not an accident that with the Emphasis on uh, Waning pandemic or resurgent of pandemic War in Ukraine and and Russia uh, Which certainly has an effect on So many things including supply chains Energy and food most importantly We look at what is the overall emphasis that each of us can have to heighten not only our own quality of life, but the quality of life for those around us and ideally the whole planet. And so a gentler footprint is definitely a piece of this. Um, We're in the season in the northern hemisphere where a lot of people can grow their own food or even herbs on a windowsill or make a point of shopping for foodstuffs that are more local. And I'm talking about this because of the greater arc of the week, the month, the next six months. And how it's going to lay out and build foundation for where we stand in the years to come. Because we are at the end of Pluto in Capricorn. It's still got another year and a half, two years to play out before we enter Pluto in Aquarius. But we are contemplating and absolutely designing and creating all those shifts. So the eclipses, the eclipses highlight, what is the emphasis? What is it we are valuing? What are the life and death themes? Yes, in the Taurus Scorpio um, polarity, but also how do we thrive? as a human society, a global human society. So Monday, as I'm talking so conceptually, Monday, the Moon is uh, basically void of course from 8.39 a.m. Eastern Time until it enters Virgo, and that is at 6.53. Eastern Time. So the whole work day, depending on if that is a work day for you, has the moon in the sign of Leo void, of course. So get all the important messages, information out before that 8.39 a.m. Eastern Time time, because once we're in that period of the void, of course, Leo, moon. We're in creative energy, spontaneous energy, inspired energy, but it's not necessarily sticking with anything that's going to take. So you don't want to have that big business meeting where you need people to sign on the dotted line or commit to certain jobs or causes. You can throw around ideas, um, think in terms of what you might all create or make happen. It's very playful energy, but nothing that is said, oh yeah, I'll follow through with this or that's going to happen. Nothing is really going to happen as it is discussed because it is not great Follow through energy. Even though the moon is in a fixed sign, it is not connecting to anything that gives it that emotional commitment, unless it's hitting your chart personally in some way. But in general, it would have to be connecting to everybody in the room or the discussion or the agreement or the commitment. So I would say, you know, just rock with creative ideas, work on projects already in motion, purge, clean out your desk, uh, do things that have to, don't really require uh, decision-making or commitment. Once the moon enters the sign of Virgo, however, in that um, Evening time, 6 53 p.m. Now we're in really like cook, cook, cook all that waxing moon energy I was talking about from the eclipse. What is the commitment? What is the focus? What is it? What is the dream that you're rolling out with? Even if it's a long term dream, something you're not really acting on today but you are aware of it as a picture in your mind, something you're aiming towards accomplishing. Maybe some of you have vision boards or pictures or something that is a symbol for you of what that long-term goal is, world peace or um, a new home or um, bringing... uh, Bringing in a a project, an idea, a child, whatever whatever the piece is that you're in the process of creating. These are excellent days to be actually working on it or just keeping it in the back of your mind or your visioning heart. Tuesday, the 10th, is when Mercury goes retrograde. So those of us with very strong mercurial placements, uh, Geminis, Virgos, somebody who works in communication, ideas, writing, uh, electronics, technology, the next few weeks, of course, can be a little um, rocky especially since we're in eclipse season. So the most important piece of this is to make sure that you follow through, that anything that's initiated in this time period is not necessarily going to fold out the way you thought it was. It doesn't mean it won't happen, but it's best for Projects, ideas, concepts that are retrograde related. So that's things like editing, um, following through on things of a contractual nature already in place, anything that has to do with the therapeutic arts, um, going back to projects um, already almost finished or worked out where you tweak them, you revisit them. Sometimes Mercury retrograde can be really, really useful for what was it with that design that was never able to get off the ground or I couldn't, um, I couldn't convince the the client about, or it wasn't really something that was going the way I thought it would, um, those are really good. Mercury retrograde is a really good time to revisit that and kind of pull it out and look at it with new eyes, with the sense of, what did I miss? Because retrogrades are really good at finding things, seeing what fell in the cracks, what was overlooked or missed when we were just moving with the alacrity of Mercury Direct. Here's the idea, I'm running with it, not necessarily what's the best way or what is, where do I take the germ of this idea and go deeper. So the moon goes void, of course, on Wednesday at... Um, Oh, actually, no, Um, not Eastern time. It goes void, of course, on Thursday. Well, we could discuss, is this Thursday the 12th when the moon goes void, of course, at 12 a.m., or is it midnight on the 11th? Uh, You decide, but basically that's when it's going void, of course. So pretty much those two days, as I said, keeping in mind Mercury's retrograde and, of course, the moon in Virgo, strongly affected by that because virgo is one of the signs that relates to mercury Uh, virgo as it relates to mercury has more to do with things we communicate through our hands so it's still a communication orientation it's just got to do with things that we touch that we communicate through the hands and Obviously, people who are writers, you know, that's part of what's happening in a proprioceptive way. It happens when you're writing longhand, which not many people do anymore. But um, the keyboard does something different with the brain than writing longhand does. So this might be an interesting exercise for those of us who are writers, to think in terms of, huh, let me work some longhand when Mercury's is retrograde because something new will get unearthed. And it does because it's actually a physical process that goes through the body that's different than writing, um, writing with the keyboard. It's interesting to, that's a whole tangent that I'm not going to, explore much more. I'm going to talk about Thursday the 12th when the moon is firmly in the sign of Libra. It enters Libra at 2:34 am and it's in Libra through um, it's in Libra through Saturday morning, early morning. So the thing to keep in mind on Thursday, is that that uh, Libra Moon wants to communicate, it wants to connect, it wants to mediate, it wants to uh, work in ways that have to do with sharing ideas. however there's there's disruption there's <laughs> there may be an inability to totally get to common ground or feel as though um, all sides are heard on Thursday. doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, air ideas and, and get things across, but it does mean that it's important not to feel thwarted if that impasse seems to happen. Uh, I would recommend that if you can avoid starting a new discussion this day that would be really good in general with Mercury retrograde. It's probably not the best time to initiate some sort of airing of thought or uh, diplomatic endeavor or um, contractual endeavor unless it's going back to something that's already in motion, and it's a renegotiation thing, then it can be very valuable. But what happens over Thursday, Friday, is that um, things are kind of brought to light, or not, uh, or the reverse, you don't have all the information you need. So... It's not really a great time to finalize or think you've got everything wrapped up. But what it does do is it can reveal things that need to be seen or explored more deeply. Overall, Thursday, Friday are great days for um, doing something cultural, opening your your mind or expanding ideas, being someplace where you can see a big vista uh, either physically or just get exposed to new concepts and thoughts. Um, they all may not hit you like, "ooh, this is great because of the aspects, but it still is a, a time of gathering information to expand ideas and Ideally, our ability to create and connect with one another. So Saturday the 14th, the moon goes void, of course, at 4.07 a.m. Eastern time people, many people will be asleep or just rising. And so the next couple of hours has a void, of course, moon in Libra, Nice time to just sort of rest, uh, meditate, uh, allow ideas to float by you. When the moon enters Scorpio at 6.33 a.m., now we are heading towards that second eclipse, the lunar eclipse, full moon, which happens uh, exactly at... It actually happens in the wee hours on the 16th Eastern Time, but it all depends where you are on the planet. And so it'll happen from the perspective of the 15th. It happens just after midnight on late uh, night on the 15th. But what this eclipse sets up is... A time for deep-dive exploration, um, basically grown-ups only. Uh, It can be, you can have a very wise child of course, but this is about um, deep-dive exploration conversations and where it hits is at 25 degrees Scorpio, 18 minutes. So if you know your horoscope And you have 25, 26 degrees in a fixed sign, Taurus, um, Leo, Scorpio, or Aquarius. This is hitting you personally, as um, as did for those signs when I was talking about the new moon that was actually on April 30th, and that was at 10 degrees tourists. So we, if this is hitting us personally, if you remember back to, as I mentioned, 2004, when what was going on for you at that time, especially things that had to do with things that seemed very survival oriented. So uh, money dealings, uh, love, relationships, birth, death, Uh, ways that we are invested in someone or something. So that may be a thematic thing that's hot for you right now. But in the overall projection, this is a time when all of us ideally are thinking in terms of how do we thrive as a humankind not just wrapped up in day-to-day survival. So this is long vision thinking that's setting us up for the big plutonic changes that happen over the next couple of years. And now I turn it over to Susie.
1: Okie (laughs) dokie. Eclipse, eclipse, eclipse. (laughs) makes it tricky, and we are ready for it. So let's dive deep into our meditation. I invite everyone to take 10 minutes now just to tune in. And as we do that, just take a few deeper breaths. And as we all know, there are times in our lives when when we want to go deep. When we when we want to understand more about something, or especially more about ourselves, and and we we employ different ways to start to go deep, whether we're working with a healer or a therapist or a friend or just by ourselves, we we begin that questioning we begin that examination and of course there are other times when it is just not appropriate we don't have the energy we don't have the the strength um we we just don't want to be in that place so it's interesting to know how much and how often we are available to ourselves to go deep so just notice that in yourself like Am I spending most of my time what I would call um, a surface swimming, or, or you know, sometimes you might be wearing a snorkel and some goggles and you're looking, you're looking down. Uh, but it's not often that we have the scuba diving gear and the tanks and we're, we've got our paddy license and we go deep and we go down just notice it in yourself how much am i diving how much am i how much am i surfing just the top here how much am i actually really avoiding everything and just living on a very superficial level how much am i perhaps even avoiding doing the work or going deeper or understanding something by numbing myself out with various uh uh herbs or or alcohols or things so just just notice where you are try and understand where am i in terms of of my ability to go deeper or my desire to go deeper and wherever we are wherever we are that's where we're supposed to be right now so there's no push there's always just some suggestion of looking, some suggestion of entertaining, some suggestion of pivoting and looking at something in a different way. So just for just for a few minutes, seven minutes now, let's just allow ourselves to have a deeper look. And as we take this deeper look, it's always really advisable to to have the view of a witness, to have the view of what I would call the eagle flying at 30,000 feet. So instead of going into it with all of our emotions and all of the triggers and, and all of the sensibilities that we've inherited, to just look at it as a witness, to look at it without all of the trimmings, so to speak. And just have a look at it now. And as we dive deep in, we're going in with that view of having, let us call it the witness eye view, and we're just looking at where am I now?
2: What is within me?
1: What is it that I now have the opportunity to see from a different place, to experience from a different place and perhaps to pivot and to approach it in a different way, approach my experience, my life, my thinking in a different way?
2: And as we do that, looking into
1: what we're invested in, what are we deeply focused on, on something or someone, and understanding perhaps
2: now from a different viewpoint, why am I here? And just allowing a bit of space. Allowing a lot of space actually for whatever it is
1: now that needs to be seen, that needs to be revealed, that needs to come to the surface, and being very open minded. In fact, being very open hearted, so that whatever it is that we need to move with, understand or see in a different way, that it can be seen, that it can be seen and responded to in a way that is truly authentic to us now. And it might mean that we have to change our mind completely about something or or understand something completely differently. And for now, let's be open to that. Be open to the revelations of the eclipse. Be open to the deep dive exploration of the eclipse. And as we go into it, we're not grasping and, holding on really tightly to some ideal of ourselves or some some thing that we must have. But instead, we're approaching now this time with openness,
2: with a softness and a grace that allows for so much space, space in our heart, space in our mind, that allows us to go deeper and see more. Seeing more of what's going on
1: so that we can see, for example, what is in between the lines, what is in between the words, so that we can see, for example, what's really going on
2: within us. Within us, within the world. And
1: even if this little meditation that we're doing is just about creating space, then that's great too. Just feel yourself around you that the space is opening up, that there's Unlimited time,
2: unlimited opportunity, unlimited potential. Around us, openness, space. And there is clarity in the mind. clarity in our thoughts, that our eyes can see far, 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 even beyond the horizon,
1: that our intuition, our third eye, can see far, far, far beyond everything
2: into our future.
1: that we can reach with our ears way out into the distance and we can hear and listen to things that are far, far away. As we heighten our senses and become more perceptive, opening the mind and opening the heart,
2: And in all of this opening, allowing ourselves to deeply go
1: into the exploration now of ourselves and allow for whatever needs to be coming to the surface, whatever needs to be arising, whatever needs to be
2: seen and heard, allowing it to be present.
1: And as we take a few deeper breaths, keeping our heart and minds open, allowing for these times of great transition and great transformation, allowing ourselves to be a part of this process. And as we're ready, gently opening
2: our eyes
1: And here we are. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Pam, and we'll be with you next week. Thanks, everyone. Love now.
0: You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of activespirituality.life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that activespirituality.life. Regardless, we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share and have a great week.